0: Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. Today, we're speaking with Bethany Walsh of BoozyMiles.com about how to start travel hacking. Bethany and I have been travel hacking using miles and points to travel around the world for more than a decade. And today, we're going to share some of our best tips to help you save on your next vacation. In this episode, Bethany and I talk about why people are afraid of using miles and points, simple steps to get started in travel hacking, and how to decide if it makes sense to pay a credit card annual fee. About these three amazing strategies, plus a bunch more. If you know someone that wants to learn how to save money on travel, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes will be available at wetravelthere.com forward slash travel hacking. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Whether I'm traveling for business or pleasure, it's important to have clothes that make me look good and feel great. I wear Bluffworks jeans, slacks, dress shirts, and blazers because they're wrinkle-free and are designed for the modern traveler. And if they get dirty, a quick spin in the washing machine, and they're good as new. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks for a special offer and select from the latest styles so you can stay wrinkle-free when you travel. Hey, Bethany, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Lee. Thank you for having me.
0: I've known you for years and years and I know I see all your pictures on Instagram and everything like that out there. And I get so jealous of some of the places that you go. And we were just talking before we started recording about like an amazing trip that you have coming up soon. to like follow one of your favorite artists, uh, and all the different concerts. So can you tell the audience a little bit more about like who you are and what you do and how you get started doing miles and points? Uh,
1: sure. So I run bougie miles.com. The goal is to help people travel as luxuriously as possible while spending as little cash as possible. As you can tell, I've been rehearsing that line for years, (laughs) finally got it. It's basically just luxury travel and how to do it for less or for very little if you are in the credit card miles and points game. How did I get started in it? So basically, I finished law school, passed the bar, and then decided that I did not want to work. And I wanted to travel the world full time, following my favorite recording artists, following my favorite bands. So basically, I wanted to follow the Bare Naked Ladies and Alanis Morissette around the world. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if anybody knows this, but concert tickets are very expensive.
0: And you're not sitting out in the ble- in the, like, the bleacher seats, like in the nosebleeds. We we're talking about you. You're sitting right there near the artist. So yeah, like, if you spend that much money for tickets, you need to be able to save money in other places.
1: Exactly. It's front row or bust, you know? But then it also turns out that for me, it's also first class or bust. (laughs) So I really needed to figure out how to save money on the travel while still being able to do it in luxury. I don't know like where that sense of entitlement came from. It just one day happened. And yeah, that's how I got started. And now that's just what I do. You know, I take my budget and I leverage it to take some of like the most amazing lifetime trips 10 times a year.
0: Oh, well, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My wife and I, we started
0: traveling a lot instead of like dating our dates were like, we literally use like the Southwest companion pass and we go like, Hey, let's go to San Francisco for the weekend or let's go to Chicago or Vegas or whatever. So instead of spending two or $300 on a dinner, you know, you're trying to like woo your wife and like, your, your, your girlfriend to try to become a wife type of thing, we just traveled
1: Was she wooed by Southwest
0: though? Uh, It wasn't necessarily Southwest. (laughs) It was like the destination, right? Yeah. Nobody's really wooed by Southwest. Yeah.
1: Fun fact, I've never flown Southwest.
0: (laughs) Well, my frugal heart is all about Southwest because one, they're pretty economical. And two, I had the companion pass. I've had it every year since 2007. So she didn't really know this or wasn't really keen to it all. But like I paid for the flights and I'm like, oh, baby, I got you. And (laughs) (laughs) so she got to fly for free. You know, she's like,
1: my new boyfriend is ball and he flies me everywhere.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but as we started dating and been together longer, we got married and everything else. She's like, well, all these local destinations are cool and everything, but I really want to go to Paris. I'm like, well, baby Southwest doesn't fly to Paris. <laughs> 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 and so that's why I'm like, okay, I need to get serious. Cause I don't, I don't want to spend thousands of dollars trying to buy a ticket to Paris for both of us and pay for the hotels over there and everything like that. I'm like, I really need to step up my game. And so from there, that's when I really started going into like, I call it, like matrix, you know, you either take the red pill or the blue pill based on, okay, I'm gonna take one pill and go back to my normal life, paying cash for things. And like having to save up for a couple of years to go on that trip, or I take the other pill and I enter a different world. And it's all these opportunities that just open up for you through all the miles and points. And it is fantastic. And I never want to go back to paying cash for things. you know. So true. Yep. <laughs> so like I said, in the intro that We've done over 200 destinations, all these amazing places all over the world, and I want to start helping the listeners be able to afford to go on some of these amazing vacations instead of having to save up for, for years and, and everything like that. So let's talk about like how to get started with travel hacking. But before that, let's talk about like why so many people are, are like afraid to start with miles and points, right? Because a lot of people I talk to, even some of my close friends, like, oh, that's too much of a hassle. I don't want to deal with all that. So like they they don't even want to bother with miles and points
1: it's like kind of surreal to me when somebody I'll tell them a little bit about what I do and then they decide like, it's not worth it. And it's because they've never gotten far enough into the world to see how you can actually get like the big bonuses and stuff. So like, you know how you have people you've always had your sky miles account. You've had it since you were who knows how old and you're like, okay, well I have enough money in there for one flight to Aruba once I mean, enough points in there for one flight to Aruba once. So you're telling me that you travel the world using those miles. That doesn't make <laughs> sense, you know? And I think that's how it gets ingrained in their minds that it's not worth it because they think I've taken 25 flights with this and I still don't even have enough for, you know, X flight. Well, yeah.
0: like And like when they first started, they were single and it was just them. And now like, they're like me that has a family, they have a wife and a couple of kids and I have 10,000 miles on my account. What am I supposed to do with that? And you're like, right. basically nothing, right? right. <laughs> you can't do anything. Like, with, oh, I don't know. Yeah. And so <laughs> even some people that have a bunch of miles, they're worried that they're not getting good value. The airlines now have like really escalated the price on some, some redemptions, right? And you're like, oh, I'm going to take a, a Delta flight from here to Vegas. Yeah. it's like 60,000 points or whatever, or 2 million, right? Like some of the crazy stuff it's that they crazy.
1: do. Or they can get their Roomba for free Yeah, yeah. With, their, with their points. <laughs> That's cash money, right?
0: those bad redemptions and like in the shopping portals and everything like that, you know,
1: the AirPods, uh, <laughs> my, my cousin spent all of her money on AirPods, all of her points. I was like, why did you not call me? Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, what were you thinking? Absolutely. Or like, Oh, I want to go to like wherever for Christmas or Thanksgiving. And it's like a month out they're booking like the really popular days last minute. And they're wondering why there's no availability to be able to redeem their miles and points. Or why is it a sky high price? or they're earning like the wrong miles and points, right? They maybe have a bunch of like call it, like orphan points, right? And you have a bunch of different points, on all these different programs. And collectively, if you had them all in one place, you could probably get a redemption, but because they got a thousand here and 3000 there and 5000 here, none of them have enough to be able to actually redeem for anything. They, they don't really have a strategy. And that makes it so much harder to use miles and points to be able to go to the places you really want to go. If you just haphazardly earn in those miles and points. So like, We'll talk a little bit more about like creating an appropriate strategy to be able to do the redemptions that you want to be able to do. So let's talk about a couple of different simple steps to get started. My favorite thing, welcome bonuses, right? A new credit card. You want to talk about that a little
1: bit? So I just think that's another reason that people are scared, right? Because anytime you hear the word credit card application, that's something that most people, most people, I think, statistically will only do less than 10 times in their entire lives. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's some like ridiculous number where like the average person will only apply for 10 credit cards in their lifetime. We do that, some travel people do that in a month. So it's sort of like, uh, I think that's something that scares people, but basically you sign up for a card, you get a huge welcome offer. Like let's use an example. So you can get like 100,000 avios right? Right now, if you sign up for a British Airways credit card that costs $95 a year, those 100,000 avios are way more than you could ever accrue flying British Airways or partners like in your lifetime. And it's just one credit card.
0: Yeah, exactly. And for people that aren't necessarily familiar with like say British Airways, a more familiar name would be like you know, the Marriott card, right? And with those, you're getting anywhere from like depending upon which one you're getting, maybe 50 to 150,000
1: points there. Or the boundless right now is five free nights for a sign up. Exactly. That's crazy. That's a full trip for a family.
0: Absolutely, you know. And one of the big things I always tell people is like, look, although you're earning different miles and points, and, and maybe you don't have enough for the entire trip, even if you can cover three, four, or five, six nights of like your week or whatever long your vacation is, that's a huge savings. Even if you're not able to cover the, all of it, if you can cover portions of it, that's massive. You know, maybe you can only cover a one way for like you and your family and you got to pay cash on the, on the return flight, you know, or you can cover you and your spouse and you got to pay for your kids. Right. And so don't look at it as an all or nothing proposition. Look at it as like, how much can I cover of this cost? And you whittle down the cost from like a four or $5,000 vacation to maybe It's only a thousand or 2000.
1: Yeah. It's, it's leverage, you know, it's like you can take the money that you're able to spend and get five times a greater vacation than you would. Right. Absolutely you can get like a $10,000 vacation just by strategically using miles and points
0: definitely or you can go instead of every other year or every two or three years go on a vacation you can go every year because i like i have kids they're 7 and 11 right now and i know that they grow so quickly right you blink and the next thing you know they've they're teenagers and they don't want to go on trips with you anymore or, oh, yeah. or they're like oh dad this sucks and like you're on like this amazing african safari or whatever and they're like I want to, I'd rather be at the mall with my friends. And so you, you have like a limited window before like parents aren't cool anymore. Right. (laughs) You know? And so you got to create those memories while you can before they go off and like want to hang out with their friends and girlfriends and all those types of things until they come back around in their twenties and like realize like, okay, maybe mom and dad really knew what they were talking about. Right. Yeah. (laughs) So there's the welcome bonuses, which are like huge opportunities to get like a big, a, a number of miles and points very quickly. You also, you have like opportunities to earn on all, just like your daily spend, right? Like all these different cards earn miles and points based on just like you have a base number of points and then they have bonus categories. So if you're you're spending like on dining or travel or, you know, office supplies or, or your cell phone, you can get two, three, four, five points. You're taking the purchase that you're already doing now, like with your debit card or like your credit card that doesn't earn points or you're writing checks or using cash if you can switch all that spending over to your credit card, now you're earning so many more miles and points. You're getting to that free vacation super quick.
1: Oh yeah. It's all about maximizing. You should be getting something for every dollar that you spend. And if you just think about it that way, that's like the first building block, right? It's like, okay, just make sure I get one reward point for every dollar.
0: The other thing is like like I said, that you have these credit cards that on top of the welcome bonus that you earn, on top of the points that you can earn or rewards that you're going to earn based on your spending, a lot of these cards have extra benefits as well. That maybe you get airport lounge access, you get like rental car protection, you get reimbursed for your global entry or, or TSA pre check application, or like airlines or airlines, they lose your bags, their flights delayed or canceled, you get benefits from there as well. Or just your your, your normal purchases, you get extended warranties. Purchase protection in case like it breaks or it's stolen. There's all these other benefits that in some cases are worth way more than anything else you're going to earn from the card.
1: It's so true. So I bought a MacBook and it stopped working like two weeks before the credit card coverage ended and they replaced it completely. Oh, that's awesome. You don't even think about that for a $95 a year card.
0: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. It's like a lot of other different insurances or whatever protections that you pay for. The amount of, that you pay versus the value that you get is huge.
1: Yep. If you use it. Yes. Like there are some people who have a platinum card for no apparent reason, because I'll ask them like, well, what's your airline? Let me help you maximize it. What do you mean? They say, (laughs) 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 why are you paying $700 a year for that card?
0: (laughs) For sure. That's absolutely true. Well, the other thing is like you mentioned like American express, there's different like strategies you know, and I'm sure you maybe have an article on this. I know I've written articles for other uh, websites on this is like the Amex trifecta or like the chase trifecta or like the city double dip where it's like, if you get a couple different cards, you can maximize the bonus categories from each one of those cards to get as many points as possible from every purchase. You basically just got to remember which card to use in certain situations. Personally, like I don't remember it all, even though like, I do this for a living. I don't remember it. I just have little stickers I put on there. Okay, this one is groceries, 3X or whatever. And I have no shame. Like nobody's going to look at me weird because I have a little sticker on my card. You know, it's just.
1: Oh God. Yeah. People always ask me, why is there a sticker on that? I'm like, well, <laughs> because my player two can't remember which card to use where.
0: <laughs> well, okay. So player two is a term that maybe a lot of people aren't familiar with. Can you explain what that is?
1: Yes. Yeah, so it's a family member, usually a spouse, but it could also be like, I've heard a lot of people's player twos are like their kids, you know, whose credit cards they pay for. It's usually your spouse. And basically it just means like you're earning miles and points in what they call like two player mode. If you're a video game person, you know what that means. So basically you're just working together and, you know, sharing the cards.
0: Absolutely. And like a lot of the times there's opportunities where it's like, okay, okay. This spouse is going to get this one card and I'm going to get the other one, you know, or both of us are going to get the same card and that way we can kind of double the benefits, whether it's like the annual free nights or, or whatever other benefits you can, can get
1: refer each other to get like a referral bonus, which is always nice
0: for sure. For sure.
1: Don't ever refer yourself. We have to tell people that. Yes. Like
0: speaking of that, like banks have different rules to kind of prevent people from gaming the system too much. They, they allow us to game it a little bit, but you know, like the the saying that pigs get fat, hogs get slaughtered. If you go overboard, they're going to shut you down, right? And so so there are some different like application rules and stuff like that that say like, hey, you know what? These welcome bonuses are like loss leaders for us. We're okay if you get a bonus, but we don't want you getting the bonus and then closing the card right away. Those types of things. There's like the minimum spend requirement to be able to earn the bonus. So a lot of times you're going to have to spend anywhere from like a thousand to 3000 on average. Some of them are like, sky high, like, right. If you, if you like want like the hugest bonuses out there for some of the the biggest cards, you're going to spend like 10 or $15,000 over the course of like three to six months. And that's really good for like high spenders. It's good for business owners that have like a lot of spend in their business, those type of things. So you have to make sure you understand when you are applying for a card, how much do I have to spend in order to get this bonus? And is that a reasonable expectation that I can spend that much without going into debt, without spending more than what I normally would. Because the last thing you want to do is like go into debt. uh, Because as much as we love miles and points, getting into debt is exactly the opposite of what you want to be doing in this situation. They're
1: not worth the, what is it, like 27% interest that you're going to end up paying. (laughs) And the 10 years it's going to take you to pay it all.
0: (laughs) Banks charge a lot of interest just normally. And one of the ways that they justify giving you so many rewards Rewards credit cards generally have some of the highest interest rates if you carry a balance. So, make sure that whatever you're doing, you pay that balance off in full every month to avoid impacting your credit, avoid paying interest r- charges, and obviously just avoiding late payments and, you know, other things that can like that ruin your credit, right? Because you know, none of this is worth ruin credit cuz it could take 7 to 10 years to fix your credit if you do the wrong things.
1: Yeah. The credit thing is like our worst nightmare, right? I mean. (laughs) And then
0: the other thing is like, okay, even if you know that you can spend that amount, make sure you understand what the time limit is. Because sometimes the time limit is three months. Sometimes it's six months, you know? And when you first look at it, you're like, oh my God, I can't spend $6,000 to hit this thing. But you're like, oh, wait a minute. That's over the course of six months. Okay. $1,000 a month by the time I pay for gas and groceries and utilities and some of those other bills, like $1,000 for a lot of families is really not that much. And so if you break it down on a per month basis, it's easier to not get intimidated you know, from like those big dollar numbers.
1: Oh, for sure. That also, I think something like if you have a really good friend, sometimes you can work together for stuff like that. So like my cousin, uh, wanted to sign up for a card, but she was like, there's no way I'm going to spend that much. And I was like, all right, I'll make a deal with you. Like you'll pay these bills for me or whatever. And then, you know, you take me to dinner, like when you get your bonus.
0: Yeah. 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 Every bank has different rules. And so you just kind of have to be careful with what you're doing to make sure that you're not one, you're you're doing things kind of in the right order. And again, you and I have written articles on these types of things. So if you just search our name and and search for like bank rules for credit card applications, you'll find articles that we've we've written. The other thing is when people are looking at at these cards, there's a lot of them that are really valuable and really appealing, but they charge an annual fee. What is your opinion on, on paying an annual fee for a credit card? I
1: mean, (laughs) uh, we're talking about the $8,000 that I paid in annual fees last (laughs) year. Um, I think I have a special test case, but I think you have to look at what the fee is and like anything else in the world, what are you getting for what you pay, right? So like if something is really important to you, like we were talking about the platinum card before, right? So I don't care about lounge access because I like to get to the airport last minute. And unless I'm going to like a really nice lounge, which you're not, you know, maybe like Centurion is nice, right? But it's not something that's gonna make me want to spend $700. But some people, that's their favorite part of the travel process is to go into the lounge, have some drinks, get really full and then like get on their flight. So it depends on what it's worth to you. But I think some of the best cards out there have like a $95 annual fee. And if you're in a year where you're taking a trip and you can maximize the benefits the card comes with, you should absolutely do it, but like, you don't have to keep it forever. Cause you can always downgrade and then upgrade again later, as long as you don't do it within the same year, upgrade again later when you need the benefits. So I think people should be a little more open to it, but realize that it's not a life sentence.
0: Yeah. I mean, as a numbers guy and finance person, it's like, it's always like that cost benefit analysis. What am I, what am I paying versus what are the benefits? And like, maybe you look at some of these you know, travelers, or you see us, you know, on Instagram and Twitter and stuff like that. We're like doing all these it may work well for us, but if it's not the way you travel, like you said, like you don't care about airport lounge access. If it's not the way you travel as great as those benefits are, if you're not using them, who cares? Ignore them. Who cares? Make sure it's benefits that you're going to use. Like, like you mentioned the Amex platinum card. A lot of people call it like a coupon card now, right? Because there's so many different like things, but like, I don't use Walmart plus I don't use like Equinox and stuff like that. So some of the benefits and credits I don't care about, right? And so they don't have value for me. I don't assign a value where it's like makes it worthwhile. But some of the other things, I'm like, okay, yeah, I use this and add that together. Okay, yeah, I can kind of justify paying the annual fee for that, right? But in some cards, like uh, one of my favorite examples is Capital One has some pretty great cards that they've come out with in the recent years. One for people that do a lot of dining and entertainment uh, works out really well. It's like they call it the saver card. It has $95 annual fee. It's like 4% cash back on dining and entertainment. Pretty great, right? But you have to spend a lot of money on that card to justify it because there's the Saver One card that has no annual fee, almost exactly the same benefits, and earns 3% cash back. So the difference between them is like a 4% versus 3%. So you have to spend about $800 a month on dining and entertainment on that one card to justify paying that annual fee. And that's just a break even, let alone like getting ahead. So because of that, it doesn't make sense to pay the annual fee on that card. It makes sense to just get the free one, right?
1: Yep. I tell people that all the time with the Amex Gold card. I'm like, yes, it earns that much on dining, but the fee, like you have to figure out, are you going to make up that $250 in a year? Yeah. (laughs) It's just math. So there's
0: some cards that are absolutely worth it as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Like the hotel credit cards, you get like the free hotel nights. You know, some of them, it's automatic. Some of them is based on like a spending threshold, they generally provide like mid-tier automatic elite status, which is awesome. And if you care about like higher levels of elite status, they give you like extra night credits towards achieving those higher levels. So that gives you like a little bit of a head start if you think of like a race. And then you also, you're earning, generally earning more points when you're paying for your stays. So the hotel cards are pretty much a no brainer. If you love a certain hotel car, just go ahead and get that credit card. Airline cards are a little bit harder to justify sometimes Cause like I'm team carry on. I, I don't check bags for the most part. So like you get free check bags with most credit cards, like airline credit cards. But if you don't check bags, that benefit really doesn't matter to you. Right. Pretty useless to you. Yes. <laughs> but like you also get priority boarding, which is nice. Unless you're
1: flying first class. Why do you care about priority? Why do you want to sit on the plane longer?
0: <laughs> well, I'm team carry on. So I need to get on earlier so I can get overhead bin space. Right. And so that part makes that part makes sense for me. Okay. That's fair. And then some of them provide like other benefits. Like you get an annual companion ticket on some cards. Some cards allow you to earn elite status credits based on your spending and stuff like that. So it's really like on a case-by-case basis without an airline
1: credit card really makes sense. Absolutely. Oh, wait, wait. We should say one thing though. For the airline cards, that's year two and beyond. Because almost every card makes sense the first year with your bonus.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because like you're getting... Anywhere from like 50 to 100,000 miles. And those are worth at a minimum 500 bucks. Yeah, minimum. And so even if you're paying a $100 annual fee, you paid 500, it's a net $400, right? And so it absolutely makes sense as far as that goes. Like I was saying, like flexible cards, those are like the, the ones that earn like Chase Ultimate Rewards, American Express Membership Rewards, City Thank You Points, and those types of things. Those are really cool because... Instead of having to pick a certain airline at the beginning and say, okay, I'm going to get the American Airlines card because I know I'm going to fly them, maybe you don't know who you're going to fly. Maybe like you don't know how you want to be able to redeem those points. You want to be able to earn some points, but you don't know how you're going to do it, right? Uh, So you get those flexible points because those points can be used for cash back. They can be used to book travel or they can, depending upon which card you have, they can also be used to transfer to their airline and hotel partners, which is a, a really huge value.
1: Yes. So something that I tell people who don't want to do that much work is that if you're not going to take the time to figure out which transfer partner is best, you can still usually like the Chase Ultimate Rewards portal, you can still use your points in the portal for more than the amount of cash back. So even the lazy people or the people who are just beginning or like don't have the time to figure it out can still get a better value from those points than they would if they were taking the cash back, which is cool because, you know, that makes life a lot easier.
0: For sure. And then again, there's some of those cards offer additional benefits as well, like primary or secondary rental car protection, you know, higher benefits based on your, like lost or delayed bags or like your trip cancellation.
1: Cell phone protection. Like everybody's doing that now. It's all the rage.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For sure. So if we're earning all these different miles and points, for some people, it can be kind of hard to keep track of all of them, right? Like it's like, how do I remember the password? How do I remember how many points I have? And because the last thing you want to do is earn all those points, the next thing you know, they they expire because you haven't used them in a while. You know, that's like almost like a cardinal sin, right? It's like I did all this work, and all of a sudden I, I log into my account, and like, sorry, you have zero miles left.
1: It's the worst feeling ever. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so one thing I use is LastPass. That's a a password manager. That way it makes it super easy for me to be able to log into any site. I've been using it for years. I have a referral link. Uh, we travel there.com forward slash last pass. If you want to be able to sign up. So they have a free version. They have a paid version, you know, it depends on what benefits you want. You can like look on the site and see what benefits. The other one I use is AwardWall. I've been using them for years as well. They update on a regular basis, shows you your status, shows you your points, shows you when they expire and like have one dashboard to be able to see where everything is instead of like, having to log into each one individually. I mean, that's like total pain.
1: Yeah. And it allows you to do it for multiple users which is amazing, right? My my
0: wife can't be bothered keeping track of all that stuff, right? She's my player too. She's like, just tell me where to go and make sure I have lounge access. Okay, so if you're ready to start going on your next vacation using miles and points, here's what miles and points you should focus on first. First off, figure out where you want to go. Not every airline goes to every destination and not every hotel brand is where you want to be able to go. For example, uh, we went on a sick kids trip in 2019. And the only choices there beyond like just some of the local boutique type of hotels were Park Hyatt and a Marriott. So no matter how many Hilton points you had, even if you had millions upon millions of Hilton points, you wouldn't be able to use them there in St. Kitts. So focus on what's there and how to get there. One thing I do is to go to like a website like Expedia and just search for the hotels. You'll see all the different hotels and maybe you'll be able to find one of the brands that are there that really appeals to you. Because even though maybe the hotel brand is there, if you're there for something nice, like maybe you're going on a vacation with your, your spouse for like a honeymoon or anniversary or some other special occasion, you probably don't want to be staying at the Holiday Inn Express. They're great when you're trying to be, save money and things like that, but they may not be as aspirational as you want for like that luxury type of vacation. Uh, and the same thing for figuring out the airlines that fly there. If you go to like to the airlines webpage or you go to like their Wikipedia page, it'll tell you all the different airlines that fly into that destination then you wanna be able to focus on earning those miles and points. Uh, you can earn them, obviously, th- uh, by getting the credit card for that airline or getting that credit card for that hotel, but you also don't want to ignore the flexible point programs to transfer into those programs as well. That's another avenue to be able to earn those extra miles and points. Uh, and then on top of that, you know a lot of airlines have shopping portals. They have dining rewards programs. A lot of different ways that you can earn those miles and points to be able to get that much closer to your next free vacation. And then just kind of summarized everything we've talked about today with, with Bethany. Start slow. This is a marathon, not a sprint. If you go too fast, too quick, you're going to get, either get burnt out, you're going to make a mistake, uh, maybe you get into debt, and no matter what you do, paying the bank interest on debt that you accumulate on a credit card is not worth any of the rewards that you're going to be able to earn. Focus on earning the miles and points to be able to book that first trip. Don't have a bunch of different orphan miles and in, in a bunch of different programs because you can't combine them all into one. You need to be able to, to focus all your spending and all your activities. Even if you can't get like the entire trip paid for, you can get a few nights paid for, you can get the one-way flight there, or maybe the return flight, or you can get you and your spouse, but maybe not your kids paid for. So focus on one program. So that way you can get as many miles and points booked in that program as possible. That way you can get that much closer to a free vacation. And overall, you want to be able to maximize all the benefits you're getting to warrant paying an annual fee for a card. It's okay to pay an annual fee. Just make sure you're getting enough rewards to justify paying that annual fee. You want this to be a win-win for you, not just something that you're paying out money to the bank for something that maybe the you know you see somebody on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever, they're living that luxurious lifestyle with all those miles and points. But you know if you're not using those rewards, if they're not going to the destinations that you want to go... Don't worry about what they're doing. Focus on what's valuable to you. And the number one thing also is keep track of those rewards. You're working really hard. You're using your credit. You're spending all your money on those cards to be able to earn those miles and points. The last thing you want to be able to do is have them expire before you get a chance to use them. So with that, if you have questions for Bethany, obviously her website is bougiemiles.com. Reach out to her there. She's also on Instagram and Twitter. I talk to her on Twitter all the time. Slide into those DMs, ask her lots of questions, and get her expertise information for a lot of the articles I'm writing. She's more than happy if you want to be able to reach out and ask questions. She has a lot of information on her website that you can look at there. A lot of inspiration as far as being able to book your next trip. But you can find all that in the show notes at wetravelthere.com forward slash travelhacking. We want to say thank you to Bluffworks for being an affiliate partner of today's episode. Bluffworks offers many styles to fit your needs so that way you can stay recall free while traveling. Go to wetravelthere.com forward slash Bluffworks and use the promo code LEE to save 10% off your order. Join us next time as we head to Santa Clarita, California to speak with my good friend Logan Alec of LoganAlec.com. In this episode, Logan and I talk about riding the coasters at Magic Mountain, exploring the William S. Hart Silent Film Museum, and searching for the Oak of the Golden Dream at the Placerita Canyon Nature Center. hope you join us when we travel there. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please share it with your friends and tell them what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations.